0: Hey guys, my name is Amy J, and you are listening to episode 26 of the MapCon podcast. For those who are not familiar with MapCon, one, I'm not sure how how that's possible considering you're listening to this, but in case you aren't, MapCon podcast is a part of the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference that is co-founded and hosted by Mr. Joe Pardo himself, and it takes place September 8th and 9th, 2017 of this year at the Holiday Inn, Philadelphia, South Swedesboro, okay? It takes, this is going to be, I believe, the fourth one, and it's a great time. We have a lot of fun with it. There's a Friday night mixer, Saturday lunch. You get free headshots, event t-shirt, get an event badge, access to the virtual ticket, and there's an after party. All of that included with your ticket. And so definitely try and come out and see us. I will be there. Joe Pardo will be there. We'd love to meet you guys, and you get to learn a ton of things about podcasting, something that today's guest knows a lot about. His name is Greg Clunas, and he is the host of Tiny Leap's Big Changes. Greg, how's it going?
1: I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So, Greg, how long have you been podcasting?
1: Uh, overall, um, two and a half going on three years. It'll be three years. Actually, no, it's... I. I Completely lost track of time. It's June, so three years now.
0: Congratulations!
1: Thank you very much.
0: That's awesome. So I think it's safe to say you've been podcasting a while.
1: Yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm gonna
0: go ahead and do that. How? What does that? How does that changed for you? First of all, actually, look, why don't you talk a little bit about your show? What is it? What? Who is your audience? What does it do for them?
1: Sure. Uh, so as you mentioned, I am the host of Tiny Leaps. Big changes. It is a personal development podcast ranked in the top twenty on the health charts on iTunes. Uh, I have no idea how it ranks on the Android apps. Um, I actually don't pay as much attention to them as I should, so apologies to any Android listeners. Um, but the whole point of the show was to change the way that we look at personal development i um I got frustrated uh, with the space mm-hmm. about December of 2014. I believe, or 2015, um, and, and I realized that it turned into this industry that was about saying things that sound really good but have zero practicality behind them. Uh, so you'd have gurus and Instagram coaches and uh, 24-year-old life coaches who can spit out a motivational quote. And maybe ask a couple of questions, but weren't actually doing all that much to help improve people's lives. And as a result, legitimate people who could use personal development and could improve their lives viewed it as a scam. And and that's a dangerous place to get into because now you have people who need to improve their lives, sure, yeah. need to, to move forward. But they're viewing the entire industry as a scam and so they're not paying attention. They're not receiving the correct messages and so they stay exactly where they are. And so I launched this show as a way to combat that and to bring uh, practical information to people as I learned it. Um, and, and so far it's done incredibly well. Uh, as I mentioned, we're, we're ranked in the top 20 consistently on the health charts on iTunes. Uh, we're doing 100,000 downloads per month. Um, and, and each episode is currently doing between 12 and 14,000. Uh, so it's, it's going really, really well. And people seem to resonate with this because I think there was that gap.
0: Since it's done so well and all, I mean, clearly it's the best avenue that you've used. Before, when you first started, you know, looking into it, did you consider doing anything different? Maybe like YouTube videos? Um, like why podcasting?
1: So... OK, a little bit of background, I guess I um, this wasn't the first show that I launched. Okay. Uh, this show launched January 1st of 2016. I started podcasting uh, back in 2014 um, and I sort of just stumbled into the space. So obviously I knew about digital content and I was a content marketer at the time, mostly with blogging and some videos. And I had always wanted to be a YouTuber, so I had all of these uh, youtubers that I followed, and uh just loved the way they delivered content. But I stumbled into podcasting um during the summer after I graduated college. I was at my first job, bored out of my mind, uh <laughs> just looking for content entrepreneurship stuff and i I stumbled on this show, got addicted to it and and he happened to have a course and and so I jumped into that and was curious enough about podcasting to take the leap. Learned how it worked. I uh, had fortunately come from a sound engineering background prior to that, and so I used those skills and 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 launched my first show, which was called Time to Launch. It was about uh, how to take your ideas and and get them to uh, to market, I guess. Um, and and that was my first intro to the space it didn't do very well and i i sort of abandoned it after maybe 12 episodes Mm -hmm. Uh, but it showed me what the medium was and what it could be Uh, so when it came to this show i just sort of i never really thought of you know launching a youtube channel or uh launching any other medium for it because at that point I had launched two of my own shows. I had been working with clients at that point. I think I'd launched 20 plus shows for clients. Um, and so I knew podcasting the best of, of all of the mediums. And so I felt confident that if I had a strong enough message, I knew the space well enough to make sure that it, it did well.
0: That's awesome that, that it's done so well for you. When you started and you saw this progress and you saw it improving, um, what was it that – was there something that you loved about it all throughout or did you grow to love something in particular about podcasting?
1: So growing up, I was always told that um, I should be a voiceover actor or a radio jockey or – You do have that like, voice. I've, right. I've
0: been
1: I've been getting that since puberty happened. And um, I think I was attracted to this space because – Uh, I seem to have some kind of, of talent around it. Like it was something I was good at and it worked. And, and as a result, uh, even before this show, even before this blew up to the levels that it has, um, there was a very clear understanding in my mind, at least that there was something here that I could do as Mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, I've made prior attempts at YouTube. I've made attempts at, at just regular blogging at Instagram at all of the other platforms. And, uh, there's an enormous amount of effort from me that needs to go into that, not in the sense that it doesn't take effort uh, to begin with, but in the sense that there's no natural born affinity to it uh, for me. And and so this I could feel there's going to be a lot of hard work, but it's Easy. It's it's easier for me to jump in and and get in front of a microphone and record something and have the ideas just sort of flow out and and not have to think too much about it. So that was the initial hook, and then from there, as the this show started to do well, it became about not wanting to to let that momentum die down and not wanting to sabotage uh, the message before it had a chance to reach as many people as i thought it could
0: right yeah i mean well congratulations i don't think you are i think that's well, safe. Thank you. <laughs> i think it's safe to say and so now that that's looking at, at the positivity of of podcasting is there a downside that you've seen with podcasting it doesn't necessarily have to be with your show just the concept of podcasting
1: the Biggest upside and the biggest downside of podcasting are actually the same things, mm-hmm. and it's the technology behind it. Um, the, the, it's a massive upside because my show, if I'd launched it on YouTube, even with the same message, uh, with the same sort of core philosophy, would not have done well because YouTube's too saturated at this point. And so the ability to stand out is something that comes from podcasting being very immature mm-hmm. at this point. Um however because of that immaturity, you have to deal with a lot of extremely frustrating uh tech problems that could easily be solved. Things like the inability to create playlists under under the different apps, which means poor episode organization, things like the iOS podcast app dropping episodes after you've reached a certain threshold. Right. Uh things like not having any idea how many people are actually subscribed to the show. Such a basic metric that, that nobody seems to be able to uh, provide for some reason. Um, and, and so as a result, you kind of have to find workarounds and, and figure out how to estimate some of these things because the upside is so great that it's still worth it to, to deal with those issues. But without a doubt, the technology is probably my biggest frustration.
0: And I think it's a common one held by a, a lot of people in that, you know, especially with the statistics or lack thereof of meaningful ones, you know, it's a frustration, a natural frustration that people have.
1: 100%. However, mm-hmm. uh, for those of you listening uh, pre-July, the changes to iOS 11 and and the Podcasters Connect iTunes platform will drive a massive amount of of change industry-wide. And I realize that the Apple platform doesn't represent the entire industry. There are plenty of people listening on Android, but it does represent a large enough market share that them making a big change like this will force the other people to, to create that change. So I think for those of us who are podcasters right now, good freaking job because you got in early enough that once this change happens and more and more people start to jump in, uh, we're going to be the leaders in this space because we have the learnings that that these people aren't going to have. So kudos to all of you.
0: <laughs> and actually speaking about other podcasters, what is something that you've seen other podcasters do or, or new podcasters um, that like a, a learning lesson that you would recommend a mistake that they've made that you're like, it's a common mistake that you have, you would say avoid to anyone who's new.
1: Oh man, there's so many. Um, All
0: right, pick pick three.
1: Okay, so mistake number one in my mind, uh, absolute biggest mistake, is focusing your promotion on social media. Now, now hear me out because that's that's pretty countercultural. I, I was gonna say that's interesting. Um, okay, when you think of of the technology issues that I just mentioned, it actually makes a lot of sense. Podcasting right now is not a majority activity. It's the people who identify as podcast listeners are still in the very rare minority. And as a result, if you were to go to Twitter and post that you have this new episode and let's say a thousand people see it, you now need to sift through that thousand, get the message through all thousand and find the hundred that identify as podcast listeners and then get them to click and listen through. On the other hand, if you speak to a room of a 100 people that identify as podcast listeners, you only need to get them to agree to listen to your show. So when you go through social or any of the other platforms that aren't, uh, don't have a large group of people who identify as audio listeners, and I'll, I'll jump into why in a second. Um, you face two issues. One is that you need to convince them to start listening to audio, which yeah. is a big hurdle to to overcome. Um, I mean, a perfect example. I've been doing this show for a year and a half. I've been doing podcasting in general for three years. My girlfriend has never listened to an episode of my show because she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't get anything out of audio. I can't convince her to do that because audio doesn't resonate with her. Um, and, and she's somebody who's close to me and is incredibly supportive. So imagine me going into a bar and trying to convince somebody who doesn't know who the hell I am to now start listening to audio. It it doesn't make sense. Um, and, and in addition to that, the technology is so incredibly difficult to figure out for so many people, uh, especially if you're not on an Apple device. Because on Apple, at least, it comes pre-installed. On Android, you have to install it and then feeds sometimes don't work and just an enormous amount of headaches that it makes more sense if you have a limited amount of time or a limited amount of dollars to spend your time talking to people who already identify as audio consumers and getting those people to convert into show listeners rather than having to get them to convert two steps, which is first now listen to audio and then once you've accepted that audio is a great platform, start listening to my show. That's, um, so that's, that, a great that's the biggest mistake in my book.
0: That's a great insight.
1: Uh, second would be just around. Um, so I've come to learn and, and this has been through an enormous amount of testing and I'm positive. I'm 100% positive that a lot of people listening to this show are going to tell me I'm wrong. And, and that's fine. Uh, in my opinion, it's a waste of time to meta tag your files, like a massive waste of time. Um, and, and the reason I say that, and I've tested this on every single one of my episodes, I've never once seen a drop, is that iTunes, at least, doesn't pay attention to them anymore. Um, most of the Android platforms don't really pay attention to them anymore. And the way that your episodes get ranked are based on the act, the title of the episode and the description of the episode not on the tags attached to your file like the readers aren't going in that deep to look they're looking at the the content pieces so that some pretty minor thing but I was wasting an enormous amount of time tagging things and decided to stop monitored it for the last let's say six to eight months and have seen zero change whatsoever um so just don't worry about it so much and and finally Big mistake number three in my book is just when you're launching your show, and I know many of you listening probably already have a show, but if you launch another or if you know somebody who's about to launch, don't um, prioritize new and noteworthy so much. What I would prioritize instead of new and noteworthy is subscribers. So the way that iTunes rankings work, as far as I've been able to tell so far, is based on... It's similar to how Amazon's uh, self-publishing algorithm works. So mm-hmm. X number of new subscribers in whatever their window is, let's say it's eight hours or 16 hours or 36 hours, uh, the shows that get the most number of new subscribers and downloads and some combination of that in this window gets ranked in that order. Um, that that insight has come from paying an enormous amount of attention to the charts and, and seeing how things are flipping around, seeing how my own show resonate or how my own show reacts when I know that I've gotten an, an uptick in downloads or an uptick in exposure or, or whatever it is. And just d- pulling some, some inferences on uh, how these things get organized. I've, I've come to learn that uh, the important factor for getting those rankings is going to be the number of Let's call it engagement. So an engagement is defined as a new subscriber or a download and some combination of that uh, in whatever their window is. And if you focus instead of I want to hit new and noteworthy and like how do I do that? If you focus on how do I get more people to subscribe and and the easiest way to do that is as you're launching – talk to 100 people that you know or 50 people that you know or 30 people that you know mm-hmm. and force them to subscribe on day one. Uh, one, you're going to hit New and Noteworthy. So congratulations. But two, your ranking is going to last after New and Noteworthy, which is the important part.
0: You're definitely building your audience. I mean, that's, it's it's like...
1: That as well. So building you're building fans. real people instead of chasing vanity numbers.
0: Yeah, and you know, that's a good way of putting it, vanity numbers. I mean, people, uh, it's like loyal listeners, right? Versus someone who's just listening and then won't tune in again. So you're building exactly. a base, which is exactly. which is
1: awesome. 100%. And if I could throw a bonus in there. Sure. I think um, I, I did a post on this three or so months into this show, so last March or last April, and actually got... Just a lot of negative feedback on the post. And since then, I'm looking back and realizing like the people who gave me that negative feedback uh don't realize what they missed out on. Because I think that as podcasters, we need to start. Everyone talks about, you know, wanting to engage with our audience and uh, wanting to be uh relevant and wanting to understand who we're talking to and yada, yada, yada. But nobody's willing to just pick up the phone and call one of your listeners. And that's something that I did three months into my show. I took an entire month, booked off an hour every single day and set up a a Calendly link and told my listeners, go to this link and book 15 minutes with me. And over the course of that month, I spoke with 45 different people, early listeners who are dedicated fans at this point. Um and just learned who they were, why they were listening, what they what mattered to them. I literally told them we can jump on the phone and talk about whatever matters to you. Like I didn't have a script or anything, a survey that I was going through. It was just who is this person and why does the show matter to them? And when I tell you like the amount of information that I personally got for future episodes in terms of what they're struggling with, where they are in their life, who they are, why they listen, how they found the show, so on and so forth. But also the just joy and delight that they felt being able to to speak to me, not that I was was any kind of a celebrity and still am not, but
0: or that you were selling they listen anything.
1: to me and they hear me every day. And being able to to have that live conversation with me, like reinforced my show in their mind. And and it's it led to an enormous amount of referrals It led to an enormous amount of reach that I can't even quantify at this point because I have no way of tracking it. So if I could throw one bonus in there, it's take the time to actually talk to your listeners. Take the time, like stop polling, stop with Survey Monkey and sign up for this email list and what is your biggest struggle as the first autoresponder question and all of the stupid tactics that we all do get on the phone and talk to somebody, figure out what they care about, ask them why, what they're struggling with and, and be a real freaking person. And when you do that, people respond to it.
0: That's great advice. And I'd love that. Not that, not just that you did it, but I mean, the proof is in the pudding. That's, amazing that you've built loyal fans and listeners from that because you 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 weren't trying to sell anything you weren't trying to get them for anything you really just reached out genuinely to get to know them
1: exactly and it works incredibly well And if you think about it one of the ways i was thinking about it when i i came up with that was i'm a big fan of stephen colbert Mm -hmm. if i could talk to stephen colbert on the phone for five minutes i would lose my goddamn mind um (laughs) And so while I don't think my listeners are as big a fan as me, as I am of Stephen Colbert, I think that there is still something there to that connection.
0: Sure. Sure. And I I think it's a great idea. I never even thought about it. And now I'm just like, well, that's a good idea on how to kind of build a relationship and get closer to those who listen to your show.
1: Exactly.
0: I'm actually curious as to how many people do that. It's, It's probably something's, Folks have done, but not an oft technique.
1: Suggested. I've never, I've never seen it anywhere else. Well, like, I, I, I don't even say that to brag, like, oh, I came up with this unique, unique idea because I don't think it's really that unique. But I've never once, from a podcaster at least, seen somebody or heard somebody say on their show, Hey, give us a call, unless it's a call in radio type show. Like, that's the only time I've ever heard it. And outside of that, Everyone gets in a room, they do their interview or they do their content or whatever it is. They talk at people and they don't try to get the conversation coming back, which part of why I did it again, tech tech issues in podcasting. There's no comment board in the the iOS app or the Android app. So I can't really see what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. And and so this was my way of shortcutting that.
0: Well, it's a great idea. And guys, one you should take to heart. Think about I'm, I'm, I, I know I am. So take that with you, what you will. But I think it's it worked really well for Greg. And so guys, uh, before we wrap up, let me just remind you again, MapCon is taking place September 8th and 9th, the holiday in Philadelphia, South Swedesboro. If you're listening to this before July 1st, uh, tickets are $140. The virtual ticket is $40. And you can find all the information about the show, about the conference, the virtual ticket, the Tickets and everything like that at podcastmidatlantic.com. Uh, get your ticket today. You don't want to wait. The price is going to go up, uh, at least once more. And then it is increased at the door. So don't wait for that. No point. We have a great lineup of speakers. They are on the website now, actually. And, um, we'll be getting up some information about the schedule and stuff more as we get closer to the event. Now, before we wrap up though, Greg, you have any last minute, last thoughts? For
1: the listeners? Um, Just don't underestimate the power of podcasting. Uh, I I know you guys know that you have your own shows. uh, But I still to this day am surprised at the inbound things that I get. I mean, I I haven't started selling for this yet. I haven't really monetized the show yet. Uh, That's something that I'm heavily focused on over the next 90 days, but I've gotten featured in major media press as a result of this show. I've gotten people making videos on YouTube saying that I've changed their life. I've gotten uh, people reaching out to me that have the potential to change my life, and, and I won't divulge much of that because that's still under wraps for now, but there is an enormous amount of potential in audio, and it's only going to continue to get bigger, as I'm sure you all know, because podcasting is unique. It it sits in that space of you can't quite sit down and focus on the content you're consuming. And so what do you do? And and podcasting fills that perfectly. and And so as a result, you get an enormous amount of time. In front of your audience, you get all of their commute time, you get all of their chores, you get all of, in many cases, their family time when when people are just sort of sitting around and, and listening to your show over their their Bluetooth speaker. Um, you get an enormous amount of time in front of your audience. And those people, I want to emphasize that word, have the potential to do a lot of things for you that you don't even know. Is is possible. I have listeners that are far more important than I am that have opened doors for me and and continue to do that. Um, So so just don't underestimate it. Create the best work that you can and always show up even if you don't think the work is amazing because it's going to bring value to at least one person and that one person may have the power to change your life.
0: Very well said, Greg. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the show and just talk to us about podcasting. We loved it. And guys, we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.